Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss an article titled Calculating the Value of Nutrients in Manure. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Leslie Johnson, who's an Animal Manure Management Extension Educator with the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Aaron. It's good to be here. Well, Leslie, as we look at the value of nutrients right now, thinking about fertilizer values, we've seen some of those back off of where they were a year ago, but we're still seeing quite a bit of value in those fertilizer nutrients. And in this article, you highlight understanding the importance of nutrients that are present in manure, and then thinking about how we might use that to complement commercial fertilizer application. Walk through with us some of the key things to remember about understanding the value of nutrients in manure And then also as we think about applying and utilizing those on a crop, how do we need to just take into account how manure is available to the plant and then complement that with commercial fertilizer? Sure. So the main thing to remember with manure nutrients is that not all of that is available the first year. So the only way to really know what nutrients you have in your manure is to get a manure sample. So taking a sample and sending that to the lab and getting that information back is really critical so that you know exactly what's in that manure. We could use book values, we could use the neighbor's values, but none of them are going to be accurate to what you're actually applying unless you're, it's your own manure sample. So that is probably the biggest piece. And then the other really important part that actually the article doesn't talk a lot about, and my intention is to do another article on that, is how do you know that you've applied the amount that you were targeting? So if you were shooting for 10 tons an acre, how do you know that you didn't apply 15 tons an acre or only five tons an acre? And that is to calibrate your manure spreader. And like I said, I'll write another article on how to really do that. Uh, We're going to focus today on assuming that we know exactly how much we've applied, how much we could calculate those nutrients. Talk a little bit about taking a manure sample. How do I get a representative sample of the manure I'm going to apply to make sure that I'm really accurately knowing what I have? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, as a general rule, uh, with most manures, well, with most solid manures, you're not doing a lot of mixing before doing that application. So the best time to get a sample is during the actual application, which makes it difficult to make any decisions on how much to apply when you're doing that. But if you can, you could use book values to make those initial, or you can use last year's sample. But when you're taking that sample, you need to get lots of little samples. So what I recommend is when you're loading that spreader, if you're talking a solid manure, when you're loading that spreader, take a couple of handfuls from each load, throw it in a five gallon bucket, and then go back after you've done several loads, and then stir that up and take a a smaller sample of that, and that's what you actually send to the lab. The good part about solid manures when we're doing the application is that we've created that mixing as we put it into the spreader. Uh, So we get a better representative sample. Uh, If you do have a stockpile, you wanna use that to make your decisions. The key with stockpiled manure is to make sure you get away from the crust. So dig in a little bit before you take that sample and then do lots of rep- lots of subsamples so that you can make that representative. Again, throwing them into a five gallon bucket and stirring them up uh, and sending just a portion of that to the lab because the lab doesn't need a lot. So you can save your shipping expense by not sending a whole five gallon bucket. So Leslie, in the article, you talk about just the 
how manure becomes available in terms of the nutrients present in manure to the crop. Walk through with us a little bit about some book values there in terms of what should we expect when we spread the manure, how much of the nutrient out there that we delivered is going to be available to this year crop and then subsequent year crops. Right. So uh, within the last about year and a half now, we publish new values for the availability. And so what that means is that we actually have increased the amount or, or what we're saying is our amount available based on the research that was done here in the state of Nebraska um, and knowing our our cropping systems and our uh, climate and accounting for those things. And so now we assume that about 40% of organic nitrogen is available, um, which is in beef manure and a lot in your solid manures is your primary nitrogen source. In things like swine manure, there's a lot more ammonium nitrogen. That actually is incredibly available the first year uh, and only available the first year because it does tend to be locked to volatilization uh, into the atmosphere. So the thing with ammonia though is that it really depends whether or not you incorporate it somehow into the soil. It's much like anhydrous ammonia that it needs to be incorporated into the soil or it does get lost to the atmosphere. So when you're doing that application, if you have a manure that's high in ammonium, you're definitely going to want to either inject it if you can or incorporate it as quickly as you can. Um, most of your beef manures are pretty low in ammonium, so it's not as critical, but there are times where you might want to go ahead and incorporate it. And the sooner that you incorporate it, the better. If you wait more than seven days, you've lost that ammonium anyway. Talk a little about maybe just conditions in terms of spreading manure. Uh, how does field conditions and also I'd say soil temperatures impact how much of that uh, nitrogen that's present as ammonium uh, would be lost? Yeah. So just like when you're applying um, anhydrous ammonia, that ammonium will volatilize much quicker in warmer temperatures. So we always say, wait until in the fall, wait until the soil temperature stays at 50 degrees and has stayed there for a while. We don't want just drop down for 50 and then it comes back up because then you lose that. So you want to make sure that it's consistently 50 degrees or under when you do that application. Of course, that creates challenges because sometimes uh, <laughs> we're lucky here in Nebraska, the wind and the uh, the weather changed so much that we often have a pretty narrow window to do that application. So we dropped that 58 degrees, but then all of a sudden it's frozen. So it does make for that narrow window. So sometimes we do have to wait until spring with that, uh, which creates other issues with compaction and, and other problems like that. So it does present a problem occasionally. We've talked about nitrogen. What are some of the other nutrients available in manure and what's the value of those as we think about the crop? Yeah, so most often we think of nitrogen when we think about manure, but in reality, the the money's in the other nutrients in reality, because we know that there's the nitrogen there, but those other nutrients are often more costly. And so particularly with solid manures that we have higher phosphorus values in them. So we might apply one year's worth of nitrogen, which is what we should be doing uh, at the most, but we might be applying four or five, maybe even six years worth of phosphorus at that time. So we can save our fertilizer costs for the next few years anyway. Uh, we don't recommend going over four or five years worth of phosphorus because then we have potential for water quality issues. But you definitely are applying a lot more of those other nutrients than you would be if you were putting on some of the other more 
equal manure. So for instance, swine manure tends to be pretty crop equal as far as the amount of phosphorus and the amount of nitrogen in it. So it usually is more like they can apply, they can almost apply every single year based on a nitrogen value because there just isn't the amount of phosphorus in it. And you know, what goes in must come out. So if we're feeding things that are high in phosphorus, like distiller's grains, that phosphorus value in that manure is quite a lot more than if we were just feeding straight corn because we've concentrated it with that ethanol process. Like potassium, a lot of people are putting potassium on and that is also a pretty valuable amount in the manure because there's a larger quantity of that. But the other piece to really think of, so those are our three big ones that we think of when we talk about fertilizers for crops. But in reality, there's also micronutrients in there that often are not accounted for in manure because you don't think about them, but they can really supply the amount of sulfur you need, the amount of zinc you need, uh, and some of the other micronutrients as well. And those can be really expensive nutrients to apply commercially. Are there any other benefits to utilizing manure besides just the nutrients that are present there, the organic matter, just uh, some of the biology that comes with that? Are there any additional benefits, I guess, from the fertilizer value? Yeah, so we've talked about fertilizer value because it's really easy to put a dollar value on. Um, and, you know, I, my husband is a farmer too, and what we talk about is profit. And so saving money, and that's why we talk about that. The hard part is with manure, you do get those benefits from organic matter and from the potential for increased water holding capacity because we've built that soil We've built the uh, biology in that soil that creates the nutrient cycling that allows for uh, soil fauna. Uh, so the, the, the insects and the earthworms and all of the, the bugs and bacteria and the fungi, all of that in the soil builds that soil together and creates just a, a much more healthy soil, for lack of a better word. And so it does create the potential for that water holding capacity to be increased, which in a drought year can be huge uh, on your bottom line, but it's very hard to put a number on. Leslie, anything else you'd like to highlight today as we talk about the value of nutrients in manure? I would uh, just point out that, like I said, it, it really does make a difference in how much knowing how much you actually applied. And so I look forward to doing another article and hopefully another podcast on on calibrating our spreaders and knowing that we are actually applying what we think we're applying because over application can lead to all kinds of problems with water quality and potential for overage of nutrients that might be impactful to our crops. But uh, under application is just as bad because then our, our crops are not fed well and that affects our bottom line. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, the Animal Manure Value of Nutrients article can be found at the water.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article we discussed today, Calculating the Value of Nutrients in Manure.